Good morning and hello again. Today, COVID in Cavanagh Monaghan, concern over high numbers. Childcare after COVID, new state scheme in the offing. Further facts and myths about coronavirus with Professor Kim Roberts and GP Yvonne Williams. And what hope of getting back to business? We talk to garden centre, leisure centre and hair care operators. Conor Faulkner on increasing numbers on the roads. What's the latest on private patients and their prospects of continuing treatment? Lockdown anthem, we'll talk to singer Wallace Burr travel expert Owen Curry on salvaging something from the holiday bookings crisis and lockdown in Leitrim a poem from none other than Seamus O'Rourke email today sor at rte.ie text us on 51551 and you can also tweet uh, at today sor by the way you can get some questions in on our text line 51551 uh, we'll be talking in about um, 25 minutes or so uh, to um, Professor Kim Roberts an expert in virology and also GP Yvonne Williams now, as we've been hearing, there's been a sharp rise in cases of COVID-19 in border counties over the past few days, with questions now being raised about why this might be the case and whether movement of people from Northern Ireland into the Republic could be to blame. Dr Gabriel Scally is on the line, President of Epidemi... I'm not even going to try and say it. Public Health at the Royal, <laughs> the Royal Society of Medicine in London and Professor of Public Health at the University of Bristol. Gabriel, thanks indeed for talking to us again. Um, are you surprised to I see this spike in cases near the border? I've been looking at the data over the last few weeks and... Uh, Outside uh, Dublin and Cork and, and areas surrounding Dublin, it's been noticeable that there have been uh, rather more cases than you would have expected in the border counties. And I think that's uh, worrying and uh, irrespective of, uh, of the worry about it, it needs to be investigated, it needs to be looked at. Uh, of course, there are quite a few explanations why that might be, but... Uh, I don't think it'll be possible to get to the bottom of that without a great deal of cooperation with the North. And this is where the Memorandum of Understanding that was signed a couple of weeks ago really comes into play and it really requires a joint effort. And I know there's a joint ministerial meeting, I think scheduled for later this week, and it should be on the agenda to work out uh, what is the pattern. Now, that's a real problem for the North because they don't do testing outside hospitals and uh, their data is really very... Uh, poor compared to the data uh, in the Republic. And that's, that's, uh, you know, that's a serious problem. And they're having real problems uh, with their data in the North. They've hardly published any data for about a week now. They were meant to have a new dashboard. They transferred responsibility from a public health agency to the Department of Health, and it all went terribly wrong. So there's precious little data published in the North, and we know that there's no community testing data. So that's a real difficult issue for handling uh, this dis- what looks like uh, an unusual pattern of cases. Yeah, but talking to people who would be familiar with that part of the country, they tell me that there's no great practice of people, say, travelling into County Cavan from uh, north of the border. And just about maybe, I think it's about a fortnight ago on the show here, we had um, uh, a discussion about the fact that um, uh, a number of non-consultant hospital doctors were being redeployed to Cavan Hospital from Beaumont uh, because of particular issues there. And um, that could be something to do with particular circumstances in that hospital, which would have nothing to do with cross-border movements. Yeah, I, well, one of the things we do know, uh, Jean, from the, from the ep- outbreaks elsewhere in other countries is that you can get super spreaders. So these are people who uh, may not have all of the symptoms and, and uh, uh, may not be terribly ill, but spread the virus and with a very heavy virus load. 
And you can get, uh, if you just have one or two of these people, they can affect a lot of people in a local area. So maybe there's a super spreader uh, around. Uh, that could be one of the reasons. But whatever the reason, I think it deserves a bit of attention and a, a, a bit of investigation. And it certainly deserves discussion in a North-South forum because as uh, I and other people have been saying repeatedly, there's no way out of this without an all island approach and that's what we've got to aim for. Yeah we as you know we've another uh, public holiday weekend coming up and we've seen the problem highlighted over the weekend gone by that people from Northern Ireland cannot legally have their movement restricted by the Gardaí under the current laws. It's limited to two kilometres from home as of now for people residing in the jurisdiction. Would you be concerned about people moving around this weekend visiting friends and relatives and crossing the border? I, I think uh, some of the scenes that have developed in, in past weeks over Easter, for example, of people uh, moving back and forwards for recreational purposes. Uh, and I, I'm really quite surprised to find that the guards had such limited powers over Northern Ireland uh, residents travelling. And I think that's something that needs to be sorted out. It should be equal treatment uh, for all. You can't expect people to observe uh, strict um, uh, you know, restriction. Yeah, you're still there, are you, Gabriel? Okay, uh, we'll we'll just give it another. No, it's it's gone. Uh, that's been a break in that link to Gabriel Scully. Lots more we could ask him, and we will if we get back to him right now. That we'll take a quick break. Today with Sean O'Rourke on RTE Radio One. <sighs> Hello. This is your call to make a real difference. Aware are here for people living with depression and anxiety. We need your help now for our phone and online support teams. You can change someone's world from your own home. Volunteer now at aware.ie. Proudly supported by Cabri Dairy Milk. Hello there, John Creighton here with an open invitation to join me for a musical pick-me-up every night as we leave the cares of the day behind and head off into the evening with a fine blend of roots, rock, reggae, folk, funk, punk and all the rest. So whether you're in the car, the kitchen or out the back, you're in the right place. At the end of the day, there's always The Creedence Show. Weeknights at 8 on RTE Radio 1. Tweet at Today SOR. Uh, Gabriel Scali is back, President of Epidemiology and Public Health at the Royal Society of Medicine in London and Professor of Public Health at the University of Bristol. Uh, we were talking about the, the differences uh, north and south of the border, Gabriel, but I wanted to ask you as well about suggestions that restrictions will be extended um, uh, to some degree, but perhaps with a slackening of the two kilometre restriction and certain types of work being brought back. Uh, wh- what do you make of, the, of those indications? Well, I think it's a good uh, good opportunity now to have a look at the restrictions that have been in place and those that have been uh, deemed to be most effective and some that could be relaxed and maybe some, some tightened, uh, such as we were talking about people uh, crossing the border and not being subject to restriction. So I think it's a good idea to review all those and see what can be done. Um, I, what we mustn't do is, is loosen our, our guard because uh, if we let the virus come back at us, it'll have undone lots of the lots of the hard work that it has been done. And I'm very pleased to see other initiatives like uh, the expansion of the testing, 
And again, a really aggressive approach to going out and finding cases and, and changing the symptoms um, that people are, uh, when they have them, they're expected to come forward. So I think it's a shifting pattern. The virus is really a difficult virus and we're learning more and more about it. So, of course, I think the response has to change with time. Now, speaking of testing and a lot of other work has been put on hold as people try to and the authorities and the health experts try to get to grips uh, with the COVID-19. Um, and you're obviously kind of very familiar with um, cervical cancer screening. Um, and it seems that uh, a lot of people mightn't be able to be tested for cervical or for breast cancer at the present time. Uh, yes, I think that's true. And that, that I think, is universal uh, across all countries that most of the screening programs have been absolutely put on hold. And that's not a big problem, provided we just uh, pick up where we left off. That couple of... all of the cancer programs are kind of based on the cancer developed slowly over years, which is why we only screen every three years, for example, in, in, in cervical. So a delay of a few months is not likely to have any uh, major effect, provided the, the system gets up and going again and uh, and that the quality is maintained in the system as it picks up. And for the, and for the cervical cancer, of course, it gives an opportunity to introduce the HPV screening, which has been waited for for quite some time. Uh, so, um, I, I don't think that is a big problem, but it will be great to see the screening programmes back in operation again. Yeah. Now, on another topic, there's been some criticism of delays in the publication of minutes from the National Public Health Emergency Team meetings, questions raised about how transparently they're conducting their business. We haven't seen minutes published uh, since, I think, the 11th of April, despite the fact that this team meets twice a week. Uh, what, what do you make of all that? Oh, well... I I think um, I think uh, I've learned from my my work around the cervical screen. People always want to know everything, you know, and and who said what, when, and so on. And but you got to keep your eye on the main game here. And in terms of transparency, I think uh, 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 watching as I do what's been going on in the north and what's been going on in Westminster that what's been going on in in Dublin has been way ahead. In the North, they publish terrible data at the moment. Uh, They have very rare press conferences. uh, And there's been a lot of controversy in London about the secret uh, advisory groups where the membership wasn't revealed. uh, uh, Certainly no minutes published. Nothing comes out. And the press conferences are, are staged displays and people not answering questions properly and honestly. Whereas I watch very often the uh, press conferences that the CMO uh, does in Dublin, I, and I think they're an exemplar. So, and you've got to remember, I, the people have been doing all this stuff, uh, uh, working for that committee and, and handling all the rest, have been working at it uh, day and night for weeks and weeks and weeks. So I, I would say cut them a bit of slack. And uh, I absolutely support full transparency and it'd be great to see the minutes published. But it's not, the, it's not a big deal in my view. And it's way better, way better than anything in the North or anything in Westminster. And as we know, there are, as you say, those daily briefings. We, we haven't heard of anybody being banned uh, from asking questions. I just see um, the Sunday Times uh, has joined Channel 4 on the list of media organisations banned from asking questions at those Downing Street briefings. So, yeah. Maybe we should be counting our blessings. You should indeed. And uh, the same thing happens in the North. You know, Channel 4 News has been fantastic, I think, in covering it in in England and answering, asking the questions 
that ministers are having real difficulty answering. And that's why they're being banned. And the same thing happens in the North, you know. Uh, uh, the minister will not talk to some news uh, outlets. Uh, they don't give press conferences. They all the time turned on um, invitations to come and speak to the public. Uh, so I, I think uh, on this occasion, that Dublin is doing it very well and very openly and they should be congratulated. OK, and if I could put in a word for my colleagues across the campus, RTE News hasn't been half bad either in recent times. Gabriel Scali, oh, it's thank been great. It's been great. Thank you very much indeed for joining us.